Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to All Stats Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson and I'm joined by Martin Riley and Dan Holdsworth. Dan, how are you mate? I'm really good mate, really good thanks. Just had a crazy stressful day at work and curry and rice for dinner, so that kind of helps. And now I'm podcasting. How are you doing mate, you alright? I'm alright, yeah, but I'm, I'm cold, that's probably my only issue. We've had a bit of snow today, but I think it's just... It's been a bit cold. What what curry did you have? It's just a kind of generic chicken curry. Um, used a bit of Greek yogurt. So like, like made like a tandoori type sauce and then put some yogurt in to finish it. It's quite nice. Yeah, Very nice. Sounds yeah. great. Uh, Martin, give the fans what they want. What did you have for dinner? I had uh, chicken Kievs and chips with some coleslaw. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. And today, um, my day has been dominated by picking up kids early from school because of the snow. Because the roads near us can be a bit treacherous when... Yeah, so we want to get out there and get them before the, the roads get worse. So yeah, that's been my day, but I've been looking forward to, to podding all day, so I've lost this. No snow here. No snow at all. But loads of snow where I work in Harrogate, so there you go. Mike, I think last time I was on a podcast with you, you had chicken Kievs as well, but maybe I've just dreamt that. No, I do have them quite often. Um, we get them from a, but- a butcher's, uh, which we go to, who do that. Pretty decent deal, so you can get like ah uh, yeah, you've said that before, yeah yeah, and I've, I've definitely had food envy before for yeah. chicken Kievs as well. Yeah, they're they're really good. We we get them every week, so it will be something which I will, I will have said before for definitely. Lovely stuff. So um, we are here today to preview Swansea. Now I'm going to put a massive caveat on this that we are recording on the Wednesday, um, so Leeds have yet to play Rotherham, so we're going to do the news in the Rotherham review, which is after recording this, but maybe before you've listened to this one so it's all a bit confusing but anyway we'll do the news in the Rotherham review if you still haven't heard that but for now then we will move on to doing a bit of analysis on Swansea unfortunately we couldn't get a opposition fan on for this so we've just done our best research we can so we'll get into that now so Martin do you want to take us through Swansea's recent results and form and anything that's changed recently which obviously there's quite a big one on that front yeah, uh, the biggest change for Swansea is the appointment of a new manager in Luke Williams from Nuts County, who has been quite successful for County fans. Um, got them promoted into the Premier leagues, and 
Yeah, I'm sure they will have been sad to see him go because a lot of their fans were very happy with the style of football which he played. So I'm sure that they'll find him difficult to replace. Um, and regards to the recent fixtures, uh, they haven't done that great since his coming. But they have had some tough fixtures as well. Uh, I think he's played four league games and two cup games so far. And the four league games that he's had, um, a draw against Birmingham, a 2-2 draw, um, a 3-1 loss against Southampton, a 3-1 loss against Leicester, and quite surprisingly, a 1-0 loss against Plymouth. Um, but that game in particular was very, very unlucky But for, for them, to be honest. They up a lot of chances and were quite dominant. But they were outdone by a really well-worked set-piece routine, I must say. It's a lovely goal from um, Whitaker, I think it was. But yeah, really well-worked set-piece, and that, that did move over. And they had a lot of big chances themselves, but just weren't clinical enough to the game away to be honest so it was unlucky for them yeah that's that's the main thing but overall, overall in the past 10 games they've got a couple of wins three draws and all of its losses so they're not, not in the greatest of form yeah I think like it's a pretty tough start isn't it really for him with Southampton Leicester and then I guess Plymouth probably should be on paper an easy one but it was their first they, they don't win away from home apart from at Swansea apparently Um, I think and most people know that I do watch a lot of Stockport as well and I've for that reason, I've followed Knotts quite a lot this year and they were doing all right in League Two. They they started quite well and dropped off a bit. And I, but whenever I watch them, they're always very impressive the way they set up. Um, and I, yeah, I watched quite a lot in their promotion last year as well. So obviously, Williams, the way that Swansea play, they play a very uh, possession style of football, like positional play style of football. So um, it'll just take time to get that in place, I think. But we will, we'll dig into the um, how Williams ideally would set up um, in a bit. But for now, Dan, do you want to take us through how they've kind of set up in possession um, since he's come in? Yeah, so uh, it's it's not kind of what you would expect for those that are kind of aware of what happened at Notts County, but they kind of generally played a back four more often than not. I think they played a back three against Bournemouth in the Cup, but I've not actually watched that game back. But generally speaking, he's had them in a back four with like a 4 2 3 one or... A, even a four four two kind of kind of set up. Um, to, so they have a couple of centre backs. The the full backs will get quite high and get quite wide, which I think almost emulating kind of wing backs. Um, you've got a double pivot with Grimes and Fulton, I think, or various. Um, so one of the one of the centre backs might drop in to help make it like a free. Sorry, centre mids might drop into the back line to make it like a back three, and they do try and build out. But I think what I've found and what I've seen in the games that I've been able to get is that they've really kind of struggled with this and they've, they've kind of been resorted to going long quite a lot and, you know, playing kind of, I mean, sometimes really sort of traditional old, old-fashioned old hoofs, but often kind of playing balls down the line, you know, for, for the fullbacks, you know, kind of fairly direct and trying to get behind that ball so they don't get turned over. So I think there are some attempts to build out through the kind of, through the cent- through the centre mid and play out to the to the wing backs and, 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 and then get things moving from there. But like I said, they're not set up really that well for it just yet and, as a result, have gone quite long, quite direct, and I think Luke Williams is probably unhappy about that. So, yeah. And Martin, what about their out of possession play so far under Williams? It's first of all, I just want to touch on the in possession a bit, a bit more. Some some observations that I had as well. Um, so they they were building up in a two three structure, which is quite different to what they was doing at Knotts. Um, and like Dan mentioned, they were going quite long, and even going long from goal kicks, they were even trying to play out 
and then my watch against Southampton when Southampton were pressing them, they didn't even attempt to. I mean, could just be because it's against Southampton, they're one of the best teams in the league, um, and we didn't want to risk, risk it. So I can kind of understand that. Um, and then, like Dan mentioned, the in possession is a lot different to what it was at Knotts. Uh, the wingers, I don't know, were a lot wider than I was expecting from Luke Williams' side. We'll, we'll go through what I would normally see, what we would normally expect to see from Luke Williams' side. But there were ones who were holding width, and you'd have the left back Josh Timon, who would be making a lot of inverted runs, and it that was something which was similar to Knotts. That's one similarity that, that I noticed there. He did like his back or right back to make inverted runs, but it's yes, I think it's maybe to take some time for him, especially with a lot of tough fixtures early into getting there. But I was maybe a bit surprised that I didn't see um, Matt Grimes in, in between the centre backs because I thought he would be quite well suited to that. But I know they've had some injuries, especially at centre back. Uh, ben Bango was injured for a little bit. I think he's back fit now, but he was injured for a couple of games. Um, so maybe it's that they don't have enough centre backs to play the back three style that he wants to play. Um, but I was also surprised that they didn't try to emulate that by having one of the midfielders drop in, which wasn't happening. And I did, because, I, I did sit against yeah. Southampton a bit. Like Fulton was dropping in a bit against Southampton, and it like and Southampton were really pressing him. So I guess maybe just put them off, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I thought there's a couple moments like that, but more often I saw Fulton putting on further forward. So the the the, the, the structure was the two centre backs in in, in, a, in a two, and then ahead of that the left back uh, Fulton, not Fulton, not Fulton, sorry, the left back Timon and Grimes ahead of the two centre backs, and then the right back. Uh, I think it was Harry Darling who was in that, and. And Fulham Full was pushing further forward, so he was almost joining alongside um, Patterson, the other central attacker. And yeah, it was just quite a bit different to what I was expecting, to be honest. But maybe with more time, we'll see more of what Williams would maybe like to have. Uh, do you want to move on to the out-of-possession stuff now, Martin? Uh, so yeah, out-of-possession, um, they in the game I watched at least, they weren't all that pressy. They had, they had moments where they did press, but obviously it was against Southampton. And when they did press, Southampton were able to play through them quite easily. Uh, they would play these lovely through balls through from the back line, through to the attacking midfielders, dropping a little bit deeper, and Swansea just couldn't deal with that. They think maybe it's a different approach to what they usually do, but from what I remember of Swansea, they were a relatively pressy team, so they should be familiar with this with this style. So I was maybe a bit surprised that it wasn't more effective than what it was. But we do know that Southampton are good at playing through a press. Um, we dealt with that firsthand in the last game. Uh, they played through us quite easily, but this wasn't on, on form that day, to be fair, but not what we're talking about here. So you, you would sometimes have, yeah, mainly the front three were pressing um, with the striker and the two wide men. And sometimes you'd get one, one of the central midfielders pushing up onto the other midfielders. And on, on occasion, one of the fullbacks would join in with that as well. Um, but it wasn't a very good approach, and Southampton were able to play through it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find a full a full game um, from an, another side who maybe they would it's a bit more and more effectively, like the recent one against Plymouth. But I couldn't find that full game anywhere for love normally. Well, for money, but I'm not spending money on this. Um, and the bits I saw on the Plymouth game, um, weren't really showing too much about their out of possession. Mainly the my life, which everyone wants to see. Not many people are out of position weirdos who want to see those sort of things in highlights. That's just us. I'm wondering on the out of possession stuff if like the press is more like a function of the in possession stuff. So like if they're all in this where they should be, then they then can coordinate the press around the players being there. And because they haven't quite got that ready yet or not set up yet, it's now that the press is just the free the front free. 
doing their thing and then the rest of the team aren't in a position to do what Williams wanted them to do yet. So uh, maybe that once the in-possession stuff comes, you might see the out-of-possession stuff follow pretty soon after, I'd think. Um, Dan, is there anything I'll, you want to add on the out-of-possession yeah, stuff? Yeah, I, I was wondering that. So the only full game I got managed to watch is the Southampton game. Like Martin said, it's really hard getting footage. So it's just a lot of highlights and the Southampton game. There were some moments against Southampton where they really did kind of go aggressively at them, but it was a few moments. And like Martin said, Southampton played through them so easily. So there was like an intent to press there, I think. But yeah, it wasn't successful in the slightest. Now... This is supposition on my part, but the Plymouth highlights, you know, the, we saw Swansea create a lot of chances and have a lot of play in Plymouth's half, judging by the highlights. So I think what you've just said, Tom, would make sense in that context. But without watching the game, I can't say definitively. So perhaps some of that possession play came off against Plymouth and they were able to pin them down and therefore the press appeared to be higher up the pitch. So, you know, it's something they might try and do. But I, I, in terms of playing against Leeds, I wouldn't expect them to go overly harder on us in a pressing sense. Apart from that moment. Yeah, I guess that Southampton game is probably going to be more representative of what we expect to see when we play them rather than when Plymouth play them. Dan, do you want to have a bit of a quick chat then about what um, what Williams' ideals would be? I know we've touched on it already from his time at Knotts and what, given time, what he might implement there. Yeah, I mean, Knotts were kind of famous for like a... a, a a three-four-two-one formation. So they had a kind of a, a like a pair of tens who you know kind of had quite a free roll behind a nine um, wing backs that would push particularly high, get up the pitch, and offer a lot of width. Uh, is it Jody Jones who's like the kind of assist master in League Two right now? He's one of the wing backs, like essentially a winger, but he's a wing back. Um, so it's and it basically formed like a three-two-five formation in in possession. So that, you know the wing backs would be the taking the outside channels. The the tens would take the Channel either side of the nine, and that's the, that's how they would attack. Um, like the attacking mids or the, the tens would drop into pockets and look to play like seam passes for the wing back to run in behind. So we, Martin talked about Timon making these out to inside runs. That's like a classic sort of thing we saw at Notts County with those wing backs getting really high and kind of running in into you know in from out to in with the tens dropping in and, and sort of providing that ball. Um, but but at Notts County, they had like super high quality tens for that division that could really kind of dominate and play that kind of quality ball for that level. Um, I think what they did was they'd build it wide and there was a lot of really good wide play. So if the attack was built down the left, the far side, the right inside attackers and wing backs would like arrive at the back stick and, you know, be there for receiving crosses and, and vice versa if the attack was going down the right. Um, so yeah, it's all very much like stretching the pitch, like, you know, positional play. Dragging the opposition out and getting the ball across, and then and attacking the far the far stick. That was a big thing, and attacking the penalty box from the from the far side. Um, in terms of building out from the back, like centre back, apparently carried the ball quite a lot. The central centre back in the three. Um, who would it be? I can't remember who it was. Not County. Baldwin. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anybody you would have doing that at Swansea. So I don't think he's got that yet. I mean, Cabango is he a ball carrying centre back? Perhaps I'm not sure. I think Hum- Humphreys. Um, he, he could do that role. I think. Yeah, I just the figures with Humphreys, I noticed particularly in the Southampton game, he got caught on the ball so often. I think he did against Leicester as well. He looks a bit clumsy. Is he a youngster? I don't know yeah, what he's I don't pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty young, yeah. He's quite highly rated. I know that some people were raving about him in the last um preview that we did for Swansea. I think it was Adam who was saying he was really good. But I did I noticed a couple of moments when I was watching as well where he wasn't great at it. But I think he was maybe the only one who could do it. Possibly Kamango. I'm not too too sure about his profile massively. Yeah, I mean, Kamango's got a good rep, hasn't he? And so has Wood, the other centre-back, as like, general defenders, but I just don't know if they can do the Luke Williams stuff at championship level, that's the question. I don't really have the answer for that. The footage hasn't been available. But So 
I think that's possibly a problem for them in terms of like centre back build up. Uh, and I don't think the wing back quality is necessarily there. They've got a guy on loan from Newcastle Ashby, or quite a look of, but he's injured against us. He's like a young uh, right back who could perhaps offer that kind of athletic profile on the right hand side. But again, he's a young kid on loan. Um, Timon's doing okay. I think, Martin, you've picked Timon out of you. You quite like what you've seen from him. And he's kind of doing the out to in, in inverting stuff quite well. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of relative quality, it's nothing like what I had at Notts County uh, relative to the league. Um, also, they were quite pressy. The Notts County team were very pressy, quite like an aggressive press. It was it was a press to win the ball back so they could then control the game. But they weren't averse to you know doing a counter press and, and, and attacking directly. Um, off, off a press also. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the general general approach. I mean, Luke Williams has kind of worked with Russell Martin, so you know he's, he's kind of got that general, you know, dominating the ball kind of thing where positional play kind of approach to football. That's that's the kind of school he's coming from. But he's definitely got his own ideas about how to kind of build attacks. Um, and yeah, an extreme, like an extreme width, I would say, is is a hallmark of his team. And I don't think I think we've seen elements of that at Swansea, but it's nowhere near as, as slick. And I don't I don't think he's got the quite quite got the right profiles to make it work just yet. I think with the the centre backs playing out, they were when they were in the national league, they were they were fine, and it was actually noticeable in the games that I watched this season for Notts County that when the players weren't sort of dominant for the level, they could actually be quite pressed quite easily. Um, and there was chances. The, the game that comes to mind is um, I'm going to end up just talking about League Two now, so just tell me to shut up. Um, but the game that comes to mind is just uh, Mansfield against Notts, and I remember I think the first goal for Mansfield that when they won four nil. They just pressed one of the centre backs and it played in the, to an error. Um, so I'm wondering, just sort of longer term with Swansea. Obviously, that I don't, you can't imagine Swansea ever being dominant for the level in the championship. So is there always going to be a case that he might have to adapt some of his build up stuff to um, deal with like probably less technically available players for the level? I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing here. I guess it's something we'll see in time. Yeah, that's something which uh, it could be a possibility. Um, there's don't think Swansea have the financial capability to be able to get players who will be at the top tier of this division and to be able to play out from back in the, in, in that kind of way. Um, but saying that, switchers have managed it and they've just come up. So it is possible um, with, with the right training and all the rest of it. And with more time, I do think that Williams will may be able to get that out of them. Uh, it seems to be quite a good individual player manager and get the best out of the players that he's got. So something we could see. I listened to a couple of press conferences of his um, recent games, especially one where he was talking about the transfer window and players that they brought in. Um, so they called Ronald, who was in the Miera League, and Akeita, who was formerly at, where was it, Danny said earlier? He used to be at Norwich. He's a Portuguese, uh, not Portuguese, a Polish winger at Norwich. That's right, yeah. That's right. Akeita, and they've also brought a young lad on loan from Arsenal, I believe. Um, his name escapes me at the moment. Um, but he's another one who brought in. No, no, another young lad. I can't remember his name. If you can find out what, while I'm talking, that'd be great. Um, and he, he mentioned a few times about getting more athleticism in and pace in the front line. So I wonder if that's something which is limiting his press as well, having those like, explosive players who can press pressure on. Like we've got, we've got Dan James who can do that. We've got Somerville who can do that. And to have a good forward press, you do need to have players who are quite explosive and have good pace to run the pressure when when need it. So I wonder if that's something which will come with more time and these new players are maybe part of that. That's targeted players who had good pace to try to improve not just the in-possession stuff, but also the out-of-possession. 
and it could also hint towards maybe wanting to, to go a bit more counter attacking because obviously that is something that you would want in a counter attacking team is a forward line with a lot of pace and I don't think they have a, a massive majority of that. Uh, Jamal Lowe is pretty pretty quick, um, but I don't think uh, Yates is a, a decent pace, but he's like, oh, I wouldn't call him explosive. Same for the other wide men. Uh, there's no one there who would really book, bookmark as being like Dan James quick. I know there's not many, many who are like that, but yeah. No one is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Williams and whether he does need to adapt or if he can coach the, the team that, that he's got to do what he wants. The, the player from Arsenal you're looking for is Charles Sago Jr., who's a left winger from That's Arsenal. That's it, yes. Never heard of him. Yeah. Never heard of him before. He hasn't played, I, he hasn't played much. In my life. <laughs> he hasn't played much professionally at all, apparently. Um, that's something they've mentioned in press conference. So it's going to be an interesting how he goes. I think he came off the bench in a recent game. Um, but yeah. Well, one thing to note about when when his Knotts team came up is obviously they were really dominant in, in the in, uh, in the National League. When they came up, the, the scoring goals has not been an issue in League 2, so his system has definitely catered for scoring goals. But I think his forward line essentially was League League 1 stroke League 2, wasn't it, already? It's a joke, that foot that knots. Yeah, it's like it's McGoldrick and, and the centre-forward, Langstaff. I mean, Langstaff, yeah, he's going to get picked up by a League 1 team with a big budget soon, isn't he, you would think? Maybe even a yeah, champ team. I, I could yeah, even, I could even see like a lower champ team taking a yeah. punt on him. yeah. Yeah, and the winger I mentioned before, and yeah, so the, the attacking lineup is very, very high, and he's managed to maintain that quality, hasn't he? But the defense has really, really struggled in the championship. So just that step up in quality, and he and he hasn't, you know, he, he hadn't been able to like coach that kind of play at the higher level in the championship in the league two with that kind of national league defense. Now, so I just wonder if you know if it's something we're going to see from his teams like throughout his career. He's going to be one of these guys that unless he's got elite defenders, he's not going to be able to like coach defense. That's like effective in the way that, say, Kieran McKenna at Ipswich has done with lesser pieces, if you like. Is he is he always going to be the guy that kind of creates a fantastic attack uh, and leaves himself open? You know, it's an open question, isn't it? But early early indications are that that's true. Before this just becomes a Luke Williams podcast, I'm going to move on to talk about Swansea a bit more. Um, so, Martin, you kind of ran through some of the players for us before, but do you want to just? Talk us through what some of the players we need to look out for in this game. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we'll, I'll go from the back line. Um, they've got they've got a, re- a pretty decent goalkeeper this level in Rushworth. Um, the game I watched, he made a couple of decent saves. He doesn't look too bad, bad for this level. He's not one of the elite goalkeepers for this level. Um, he's not as good as like Manson or um, the lad who we're playing on Saturday. What's his name for Rotherham? I forget his name. But yeah, uh, exactly. Magnuson, Magnus or something. Yeah. Something, something along those lines, yeah. So he's, he's not as good as those guys, but he's a good goalkeeper, so he could cause problems for us. And at the back, Pango uh, is good for this level, so he's Wood Gordon. Um, Humphreys, I think, can be pressed. I think we've seen that a couple of times in different games now. Uh, so that's one who we could maybe look to also press on. He could be vulnerable to that. And in midfield, uh, a name that Leeds fans are familiar with in Matt Grimes. You, you just need to accept he's good. He is very good. Uh, especially at this level. He's changed a lot since his time at Leeds and he's probably one of the best central stroke defensive midfielders in, in the division. Uh, he's very good. And then forward line, um, this new lad, Ronald, who they've got, looks to be pretty decent. Not that I wouldn't be able to see too much of him because I wasn't able to get the full game, but the, the highlights that I saw of the Plymouth game where he started, uh, he, there were a few highlights involving him, so he could be one who could cause a few problems. He's been playing on the right for them. So that's one who Furpo will have to deal with. So he better be having a good game. And then up, up front, probably their best player is, is Jamal Lowe, but he is injured at the moment, which is a good thing for us. Um, but they've got Jerry Yates as well, who is no slouch. 
he and also score goals. He's um, very much your poacher type of player who will get himself in the right place and and score goals when when needing to. Um, and behind him, they've got Patterson, who is also pretty good for this level as well. So we've got a, a decent amount of quality in this. Not top end quality. Definitely a playoff chasing team if I've, if I've ever seen one. Dan, is there anyone else you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, like I say, I saw only a handful of bits of this Ronald Ronald player. It's Ronald without the O. Resume Ronald. Um, he looked like quite a strong running player. Like he looked fairly quick, um, and he kind of operated in the the bits I saw on the kind of inside right channels. He wasn't holding width as much. I think mine that I saw, and he was making some quite incisive runs. Yeah, that kind of inside right seam. Making quite incisive, like hard runs. So that's yeah, you're right. It's, it's something to watch out for with Firpo. Firpo needs to win his game. He looks to be pretty quick. Um, I didn't see any great skill from him, but I just didn't have the opportunity really. Um, but yeah, he looked interesting. Um, I was really impressed with the keeper actually, um, Rushworth. I had a quick look um, after I'd, like commented I'd liked him, and uh, I think he's second in the championship for goals prevented. So I presume that's a post shot XG measure. He's behind the Leicester keeper, so I think he's done pretty well. Um, I mean, that was just one measure, one guy on Twitter. But anyway, he looked pretty good. Um, Cabango's got a good rep. I think Nathan Wood's got a good rep, so they're pretty good centre-backs. I was a bit less impressed with Humphreys, actually. I wasn't. I thought he looked like a weak link and someone we should absolutely like press uh, the centre-back if he plays. Um, but what, one, just more generally, one thing I noticed is that, I mean, with the exception of the centre-backs, big centre-backs, they're quite a small team, quite a skinny team. Like Southampton like, bullied them physically, I found. And and I I would fancy Leeds to do that as well because I think Leeds have got a similar kind of physical profile to Southampton in the squad. So I kind of think they're not like athletically pretty athletically pretty underpowered. I think just more generally, with the exception of perhaps the centre backs. So not massively impressive squad. Um, a couple of nice technicians in midfield, like Martin said, Grimes, as we all know, Patino, who comes off the bench, he's quite a nice technician, but he doesn't always start for them. One other player who I forgot to mention um, on the bad side of things is probably um, Kyle Norton, who looks likely to start in this game. Um, it would have been Barry Darling, but he's injured. And Norton is, I believe, 35. He's <laughs> uh, definitely knocking on. Yeah. So that's definitely something which Somerville will be licking his lips at. <laughs> um, I was going to joke when you were going through the alpha talk about Williams wanting athletic wing backs earlier that they're playing Cal Norton. So yeah, that's exactly. not going to go well. <laughs> yeah, he's not their first choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've been playing Harry Darling, haven't they? Who's a centre back, really, but fairly athletic. And they've got a kid from Newcastle, a right back called Ashby, who's injured for this game, but I quite like what I saw of him as well. So yeah, I think, yeah, right backs are lost at them. They're at loss uh, right back at the moment. I think it's interesting what you say about their keeper, Dan uh, Rushworth, because I think. I was listening to not not the top twenty this week, and they were pretty high on him as well. So um, yeah, you're not you're not alone in your thinking that Rush was a good goalkeeper. Uh, Dan, do you want to take us through a predicted lineup? I guess it's pretty hard with Williams only having had four matches so far. Yeah, I mean it's it's used the same much the same personnel. I think but, you know injuries allowing. So Rushworth in goal. Um, it's it's been Wood and Humphreys at centre back for the most part of this this under his time. But Cabango is fit and is. Like I say, he's probably the senior centre back there, so maybe he comes in. Uh, Timon's played left back and been pretty pretty solid for them actually, and it's likely to be Carl Norton uh, right back. Uh, Fulton Grimes is the double pivot that's been pretty much ever present. I think Martin, is that right? Yeah, since yeah, yeah. Since he's coming, yeah, yeah. Um, Patterson and will be probably at the ten. Uh, Cullen will be left wing. Perhaps Plachetta, but I think Cullen's played more often. And Ronald's played the last two games, or he's played one game and come off the bench, off the right wing. Um, and Jerry Yates will probably lead the line. Um, I think, like I say, they've got a few injuries. Um, 
So yeah, I think that, I don't think of a lot of choice, but that'll be the team. I would think. You agree with that, Martin? Yeah, yeah. That that would be what I'd say too. Um, the only one which I wasn't sure on was the centre back pairing. Uh, Lav, I think Wood Gordon is probably most likely to start. He's started a lot for them, especially in, in recent games. Um, <coughs> and it's it's going to be either Humphreys or Cabango. Um, I think probably Cabango is probably the better choice for this game. If you, you want someone a bit more more solid, maybe a bit less progressive and less likely to carry the ball, but also like Ron Smith and errors, which can be punished. I think that he did have one of those in, in one of the games, which I watched possibly in the lesser game, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, that would be the only thing I can think which will be different. Good stuff. So that brings an end to our analysis of Swansea. Before we move on to the analysis of Leeds and how they might approach this game, I will just do a quick plug for the Patreon. So... I'm sure you're all aware by now, but Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators such as ourselves, who you enjoy. And in return, you get some extra content. Our patrons can get access for as little as £1.99 per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts. And if you want to pay a little bit more, you can get other benefits, including early access to our preview pods, such as this one that you're listening to now, analysis, uh, analysis articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. Uh, Martin, you've put some stuff out on Connor Roberts, haven't you, recently? Do you want to talk through that? Yeah, I have. I watched a number of games of his, both from the Championship last season, where he was in a very very dominant Burnley side and an integral part of it. And also I watched um, a couple of games from the Premier League this season where, where he's played him, and I was quite pleasantly surprised by what I saw. Um, he looked to be a very good quality fullback, and I don't want to give, give away too much, but it's worth to give me an article a read because it does really give you a good low down of what to expect from Roberts of what his strengths are and what weaknesses he's got uh, so yeah I recommend giving them a go yeah if, and if you um, want to access that um, I guess because of the way we're recording this podcast you might have actually seen Roberts play for Leeds already but if you would like to learn more about the way that Roberts might fit in Leeds uh, where can they go Martin patreon.com forward slash A-S-A-W patreon Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Lovely stuff. Let's move on to the lead analysis then. So... As I've caveated already in this pod, we are recording on the Wednesday after the Plymouth game on the Tuesday, but before the Rotherham game on the Saturday. So there might be injuries, there might be not. But what do we know at this present time, Dan? So <laughs> Dallas is out, I've, I've heard. Dallas um, is out, yep. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. will probably be the case on Tuesday. On yeah. Tuesday. Um, Pascal Stroik's still injured. Um, we believe Dan James is injured and 
Willie Nonto, we have a question mark against because he limped off against uh, Plymouth in the Cup. Now, my view of that is that was just a kind of a bit of a, a whack on his ankle and he was he'd probably be all right, but that's just my expert view as a physio watching on telly on my couch at home. So I've no, I've no idea. So I've, I think Nonto's probably fine, I would hope anyway. It didn't look too seriously, but yeah, I think James and Stroik uh, are definitely out. Yeah, well, I'm assuming because we played 120 minutes there, all the players are dead because that's what Adam was suggesting in our group chat. So, um, so yeah, none of them will be fit to play this game. Um, Martin, how do you expect that we will approach this game in possession? Do you expect anything different to what we've seen recently or what we saw in the reverse fixture? I imagine there being too much different. Um, we'll, we'll, as always, look to possess the ball and try to get our front players involved as quickly as, quick as we can. And when we don't have the ball, we'll look to attack in transition um, because we've got a team that's very capable of it. And that is something which especially Swansea uh, look pretty weak at is transition defending. So uh, I would expect this to be a quite a big guy for us in this game. And they don't have a lot of pace in, in their back line. And we def- definitely do have a lot of pace in our front line. So uh, that could be something which will be quite a good avenue for us to hit them in. Um, and regards to out of possession, I'll just quickly move on to that. I will not see anything different to recent fixtures. Um, maybe a little bit less pressy because we are away from home, I think, in this one. Away one. Yeah. So maybe a little bit less pressy, but I probably would say we, we could do well to press them because they didn't deal well with Southampton's press. Southampton were away in the game, which I saw, and you wouldn't have been able to tell <laughs> other than not wearing their home kit. Um, it was a pretty dominant display. And in that game, uh, Southampton could have scored or in the first 30 minutes and I'm not exaggerating there uh, they scored two in the first 30 minutes as it was and they could easily have scored more than that um, if not for some good goalkeeping uh, so yeah they're definitely a team that we can get at if we do look press them so maybe that's the only change I would say have it in or out of possession I'm not sure if Dan thinks anything different No I would definitely expect us to press them it's just whether we can maintain a press for the, like an intense press the whole game but I definitely think we'll go with them at some point in that respect, because yeah, they're there to be got out in that respect for sure. I was going to say the same thing. I was actually going to jump in and disagree with you, Martin. That I I think we should go pressy in this game because they are there to be got at, um, especially if they're not up to speed yet with what Williams wants them to do. I don't think they've got the players really to do it uh, passing out either. Uh, but yeah, like you say, Dan, it's just can we keep up that, especially with the number of games we've had recently. Um, can can we do that for the amount of time? But I think we we could just use a situational press. And approach so. it that way yeah. and get success that way as well and um, yeah Dan is there a player you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds and as always it could be good or bad yeah so um, watching the Southampton game with Swansea they really struggle with Southampton's kind of combinations out wide so you know you'd have like a, a midfielder drifting over and getting a bit of a combination play going with the winger and then the fullback would charge for a third man run and like or and Swansea just couldn't handle that. They just couldn't handle runners from deep. So any kind of basic combination in the forward line then with a, a third man runner coming through, they just weren't getting tracked. So if we can just get some nice combos going with Somerville and Furpo and you know perhaps Ruta drifting out there or Bamford or whatever, and just just getting some combos going like little triangles out there, I think they'll I think we'll, we'll cut through them at will. Uh, and again, if we can get Roberts going on the right or Archie Gray going with whoever's on the right wing, again I think we could really hurt them out wide. Like I say. Uh, uh, I saw Swansea con- uh, concede so many kind of chances to midfield runners. You know, the defence would pick up the uh, the forward line and then, you know, someone would charge through from midfield um, and like 
the midfielders wouldn't track them. I, I, it was just awful. Like really terrible kind of like tracking the, the runners. So if we can just get thinking those terms uh, of using our forward line to kind of take care of their back line and then run through, and you know that that's I suspect we'll have a lot of chances that way. So it's kind of combinations rather than individuals. But I suppose their right back being an old man, Somerville might fancy chances of a good day. Anything you want to add to that one, Martin? Yeah, I'd agree with all of what Dan said that uh, the combination which Southampton had going were really knocking six, um, especially a lot of the runs which uh, Smallbone was making from midfield. That's the guy. Yeah. Couldn't think of his name. I was trying to think of his name mid mid comment. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. That bald beauty. Um, yeah, he, he he was he was really making some really intelligent runs, and they just couldn't with those runs at all. Yeah, especially one which I saw quite often was the ball being played up to Dakar. I think it was. Oh no, this is the last game I'm thinking of now. But that that, that was also it was the same theme in that game and the highlights I watched of that game. Uh, they were playing the ball up to Dakar, and then there was he was like laying run, laying balls through to on rushing. Um, who was it? Who's their attacking midfielder? The one who's really good this season. Dewsbury Hall. That's it. Yeah, yeah Dewsbury, Dewsbury Hall. Hall. Yeah, and he was making runs from deep as well to attack them. So that is something that they definitely can't deal with. Um, so. That's, I saw Armstrong, is it Armstrong, the Scottish yeah. midfielder, doing quite a similar for Southampton as well. So it was Smallbone and Armstrong, and those kind of guys were making making hay, weren't they, with those kind of seam runs? Yes, and Che Adams had a lot of, lot of joy in, in that game as well. Uh, he, he, he could have scored a couple of goals in that game. And yeah, they definitely packed up with those sort of combinations. So if we can get Routier in into their centre-backs and then having, having Somerville or Nonto making runs off him, I think that could really... Gives us a lot of joy and we'll get some good chances that way. We know Russell can do that sort of work. So maybe this is a game where we have him a little bit further forward and um, having him alongside Benford rather than being a bit deeper. But we know that Ruter does like to the impression he's moved to attacking midfield. But I do wonder if that could be something which we could try to use this slight change in the way he's thinking. Do you want to give us a go at a predicted lineup then, Martin? Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure too much on the fullbacks. Potentially, we'll see Erpo or Byram. It depends who's playing at the weekend as to who will play in this one. So it's going to be a bit difficult on the fullback side of things. But I would imagine Ray will probably play. Maybe Roberts. That's a hard note. Both sides have got options now of both sides. Um, but centre-backs will most likely be Ampadu and Roden, uh, Melier behind. And then in, in midfield, it'll be most likely Tamara and Grove. But Potential that Archie Gray could come into midfield. We've been wanting to see him, more of him in midfield for a while now. So now we've got actually got a right back in Roberts. We may well see him get more games in midfield. So I'm going to say Gray alongside Grave. And then third forward, it'll be Nonto, Rutter, Somerville and Bamford. I guess this is a difficult question to ask because the game on Saturday hasn't happened. But is there a chance we see Piro in this game or the Rotherham game? I guess... Th- I'm asking. I'm asking this question after the Rotherham games happened for most people. But um, do we think Bamford is likely to play? Yeah, that's the quick turnaround. That's a good point. Um, I think it depends if if he's playing on this one on on Saturday against Rotherham. I think he most likely will be since he didn't play a full game in in midweek against Plymouth, so he was clear, clearly being saved for the next game. So maybe Bamford plays in this one, then maybe, maybe Pro comes in, and then that could be a good opportunity for Rutter to be the. Striker went back into these centre backs, like I mentioned, and get the players running off him. So yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I didn't think about that. What about your thoughts on the lineup, Dan? See, I've got no like um, expectation for Fark to rotate if there's not injuries for the league game. 
I just don't think he's going to do it. If he's got everyone fit, I just don't trust him to do it. Um, <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's Furpo and Gray as your fullbacks and, and, and Bamford up front and, and Rotero at 10 still and Nonto at the right, even if he's got a kick in his ankle. I would not be shocked. I'll, the only thing is if, if Roberts genuinely has jumped up the pecking order um, for right back, that's the only the only thing. Um, but I don't think he will do that straight away. I think, you know, Fark will want him to see him earn that place, I would think, before he does that. So my, you know, if there's no injuries, my expectation is the same team will start. You know, the, the kind of the recent first 11 will start. Yeah, I would be surprised if Roberts gets straight in, to be honest, because he's been pretty committed to Gray when there's there's been probably a few calls to play someone else in that position or like take Gray, even take Gray off in matches he's not been really inclined to do. So yeah, I, I don't, I'm not of the opinion that Roberts will get straight in either against Rotherham or Swansea. Let's talk about this game a bit more generally then. So, Dan, what do you expect watching this game of football will look like? For for all Swansea's struggles, they're still attempting to play some football and attempting to press a little bit. So I think, you know, they're not going to be like a, a team that's going to sit deep and just accept the fate. I mean, we might force them to do that, like Southampton did that a little bit to them. But I do expect them to, you know, being at home, have a little bit of a go at lead. So, and they are quite open. So it could, well, quite be quite an open game with lots of chances. Um they don't look completely not stale in attack. You know, I can see them create, generating some attacks against, you know, some reasonable chances against Leeds. So, you know, they're not complete no-hopers with the ball. Um, but I do expect us to get in behind them quite a lot because they do play a fairly high line. I want to play a fairly high line and I think we have way better athletes than them. Uh, we're way bigger and faster than them. So I think we'll get in behind quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think it might be quite a kind of a frenetic open game with lots of chances. You know, perhaps perhaps um, both teams scoring in a quite high-scoring game, which I'm not. I wouldn't really normally say for Leeds at the moment. Leeds are very kind of controlled out there and kind of locking games down at the moment. But this could be one where it really does open up, particularly with some tired legs after a you know heavy few days. Yeah, I've, I think the same. I think there's like I I don't think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I just can't really see it uh, from either team. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. Martin, what about you? Yeah, I'd echo what what Dan said. Um, there's definitely potential for this to have, to have a lot of goals in it. And um, I think they could have a decent share of possession. I still think we, we will dominate slightly. But just looking at the game against Leicester, they had about 46% possession. So that's pretty close to half each. And that's against a good a good side. Uh, so I do think they will have their share of the ball, especially if our players are a bit tired following the midweek game. Um, a lot of players had a lot of minutes in that game. There are some who have been rested, like Ampdu and, and Gray, especially got up a, a decent rest. Um, so, but overall, the the energy levels will be a little bit low. And um, I can, I'm not sure if Swansea had a midweek game this week. Did they have one? I don't know. I don't think they did. No, they'll probably be out of the cup, yeah. won't they? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I'm, I'm guessing they're out of the cup. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bournemouth followed them in the cup, didn't they? They got beat 5 0, so they're out. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, I, I would expect us to have less energy levels, especially since, since if this is an away game as well. This is another one where I'm type off this about our pressing on away midweek fixtures can be quite fun and not as high, high energy as what we would maybe like, but that's just natural, isn't it? And so that. I think maybe he'll be quite close to even shares of possession, but we have been very good at stopping chances. So if they if they're able to press the ball, maybe they won't be able to press it in our half that much. That's maybe what I'd, I'd say that this bit maybe would look like they'll press the ball a lot in their half. But when it gets through to, to our half, we take the ball off them and just look to hit them in transition where I know that they are vulnerable. And a final question, Martin: Where will the game be won or lost? 
I think a lot of it will ride on these transitional attacks, um, especially from our side if we're able to take advantage of our transitions, which they will, will give us opportunities to attack. Then we will win, win this game. <laughs> I don't think there's two ways about it. Um, I would back us to be able to defend them in, when they're in possession and stop them from creating high-value chances. But it's just whether we take advantage of the moments that they give us in transition to make more of them. Um, because we have had quite a few games recently where we have been quite dominant and we haven't scored the amount of goals which we should have done. Um, but both our recently games and both games against Plymouth, we should have won quite comfortably and ended up being quite tight affairs. So I would like us to be a bit more clinical in this one, hopefully. Yeah, I think there's there's two ways we beat them in this one. I think it's just we beat them in transition. Um, and I think that happens regardless of anyone's approach to this game and then if we can press them. But I think the energy levels might play into that. But I think there will be chance times where we will be able to press them. But yeah, the, those two things I think will will happen regardless. So I'm feeling pretty positive leading into this one, barring any mad run of injuries in the Rotherham game that we haven't watched yet. Um, Dan, final word to you on this one. Um, Archie Gray's going to score his first goal this season. There we Ooh. go. That's a prediction. No, no, just thinking about the kind of whole, like, I think fullbacks could have a bit of joy in, like, runners from deep. And I think Archie Gray's been getting a bit more involved in, like, attacking play of late. And I can see that the kind of runs he makes actually could be quite effective here. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Archie Gray have some good attacking moments and perhaps even Kamara because we've seen him making a few more runs from midfield recently. A couple here and there. So perhaps we see some good moments from, like, so Archie Gray, Kamara, Firpo overlapping on, on the left. They might be the guys that actually get released through rather than Somerville and Ruter just because the, the the way Swansea, like like I say, don't defend runners from deep. Um, so, you know, if we can get those runners going, I think they might have some joy. So, Archie Gray goal. There you go. Place your bets. I, I am a betting man, so I will probably put yeah. that bet on. Um, yeah. Now that you've He's said it. He's due one, isn't he? He's due one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like earlier in the season he was having maybe a couple of shots, but I guess he was in midfield, so he had that, but... Not he seen had that some recently. Nice shots against Peterborough in the cup, didn't he? he? Had that big chance he missed early in the game, and he basically played him and Grove. And it was a nice part. I quite liked it actually as a pair. And he was the kind of Kamara role, if you like. So the slightly more advanced of the two. Yeah. Well, knowing what, having said that, now Gray will probably get injured against Rotherham and not be able to play against Swansea. But... <laughs> Don't gamble, well, folks. Yeah, never gamble. Never gamble. Yeah. We do not endorse that. Good stuff. So that brings an end to our preview of the Swansea game. Uh, just a quick reminder for everyone, the website for our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. We will be back at some point in the future with a review of this game. But until then, I will say thank you to Martin. Thank you as well, Tom. Thank you, Dan. Cheers, Tom. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.